Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright. I'm here, as usual, with Howard Tybal. Good Howard. morning, Pete. How are you this morning, my friend? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super excited about who we have on the show today. I am, too. This has become a conversation I am, uh, I am deeply looking forward to. We, we are uh, in the midst of this conversation uh, regarding a, a major, uh, we'll call it administrative review, uh, at Loyola University, Maryland. And we, uh, as we talk to folks who are involved in this project, we learn so much more as we sort of peel back the onion about the, the intricacies and the challenges that go into a project like this and the importance of the, the cultural and fiscal change that comes out of it. Today, our very, very special guest is uh, Professor uh, Steve Fowl. He's a professor of theology at Loyola University, Maryland, and was a co-chair of this particular project. Steve, welcome to the show. I'm so sorry we're interrupting your sabbatical. Quite all right. You know, today is the first rainy day in Seattle since we've been here, so it's a good day to be indoors. Oh, that, well, lucky you. I, you, you probably uh, now you're looking to weather it out. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just now a long march till spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is uh, this is such an interesting conversation to me uh, for a number of uh, from a number of sort of vectors. But the the biggest one for me is that you are an academic uh, on this uh, committee, and so you know, Howard. I have talked at at some length about the the importance of of uh, you know broadening the breadth of these kinds of projects. Howard, you know, why don't you kick us off with, uh, with some thoughts on the importance of this uh, of of how this project came together, and and uh, it, you guys can can share some of your thoughts. Well, you know, here's what I'll start by saying is that when. I came to Loyola University and presented initially to the cabinet. Uh, there was rightfully a skepticism, well, what does this look like and how would this work? They had already started on this idea that we're going to do a new way of proceeding in some capacity and, and potentially, is there a process we can use? And I've done this similar kind of process literally since 2008. And the economic crisis really began this cycle of schools taking this process more seriously. What's different about what Loyola University Maryland did, and and I speak specifically to Steve's involvement, and I, and I will never not do it this way again if I can help it, is that by bringing Steve in at the co-chair level, uh, you were able to bring a level of credibility to the conversation so that if you think about the listener, you know, academics know what to expect when they listen to administrators and rightfully uh, walk into a conversation and say, you know what, of course you're going to talk about the money. But when you have a financial head, the faculty chair coming in and saying, this is important for us mission-wise, but this is also important to us financially, I think it has a whole different uh, tone and between Steve and Terry Sawyer's uh, partnership, I think this is one of the one of the few reasons why this project was as successful as it was. So, so Steve, I'd love to get at least have you kick off sort of your view uh, from the co-leadership perspective. What made this project work so well? I, th I think there are a couple of things, and they really they they really do have to do with. Um, getting a very inclusive process off the ground right off the bat. Uh, we had about 125 faculty administrators and even some students um, participate in our, pro, you know, in our process. And uh, 
So by the time we got to the end of it, uh, we had a large segment of the entire university that had been very actively involved in things. And so when hard decisions had to be made, when, when we had to do things that nobody really liked doing, um, we had a large amount of buy-in right from the start because people had been involved and they, they knew what was going on. And that really helped smooth things out quite a bit. So I think from the outset, the fact that both Terry and I were able to, to work well together and be seen to work well together. Yes. So it wasn't the faculty member versus the administrator. It wasn't one of us trying to put the brakes on the other, but both of us working together. We were able to bring in uh, a really wide cross-section of the university and have some uh, good and sometimes very difficult conversations about where we needed to move and changes we needed to make. How how were you in, uh, invited to be involved in this project, Steve? Was this something that you sought out, or was uh, or, or or were invited to to join and, and share your expertise here? Or your yeah, how how did they find you? Nobody sought this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that 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 has to be out there from the beginning. I uh, I had just started uh, a two year term as chair of our academic senate which is a, an elected position from the faculty. And um, as part of that job, I met regularly with the academic leadership team. And at some point, um, who they were all members of the cabinet, of the president's cabinet. And at some point, uh, I was told we were going to start this new way of proceeding. There would be two processes, uh, a first short-term process uh, to engage a, a, an immediate budget deficit, and then a much longer long-term process. And I was asked uh, if, as chair of the Senate, I would be a member of that first process and then co-chair the second, uh, along with Terry. And then Terry came and sat down in my office, and we actually had a very frank uh, conversation. We knew each other only because we were often on the same committees in large rooms together. and. Uh, it was very clear, I think, early on that um, we were going to be able to work well together. And so uh, I agreed to do it. And uh, partly the sabbatical I'm on now is reward for that. I should say that. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, I imagine that was uh, that that's a very difficult thing, first of all, to to walk into not being entirely clear what was going to come out of it. Uh, but second, because you were entirely clear that something difficult was going to come out of it. And that something difficult had to happen. And I think you led this Steve, in an optimistic way, you know, and, and you didn't shy away from the difficult conversations. And coming from you as the academic, that wasn't a really important message. Uh, I assume you see that. I mean, you're so close to it. You know, whenever I'd see you speak in front of the room and you'd share a message, I'd walk away going, God, thank God it's you telling it and the way you tell it. But when you step back and you think about this now having been behind you, is it also clear to you that had it only been Terry or Terry Sawyer and Randy Getzler, uh, the chief business officer, this the, the tone of the, the project would have been very different? Oh, abs absolutely. Um, bringing faculty, and not just me, but, but all of the faculty that participated in, was important because there was always going to be a suspicion 
uh, from the faculty side, maybe from some of the, the staff and administrators as well, that this was a, uh, a manufactured crisis, that we really weren't in any trouble, that we'd managed to get through and run in the black every year for the past umpteen years, and we would do so again, that this was an attempt to manufacture a crisis that would uh, push through changes that the administration wanted and the faculty didn't. Right. And, and I think it was really important, um, on the one hand, to convince faculty, first of all, this was not a crisis, that we were in a very vulnerable position. We weren't in a position of crisis yet, but boy, we rely so heavily on tuition. And it wasn't difficult to see other institutions missing their freshman class by significant numbers and all of a sudden being in a crisis. And we weren't there, but we could easily get there if we were not attentive to things. And I think um, being convinced of that myself, I was able to convince other faculty that this was not something made up. It's not necessarily a crisis yet, but if we didn't attend to it, it was going to be a crisis. And what we had in the beginning of phase two was an opportunity to help be part of the solution right from the outset, rather than either have a crisis managed for us, which could have easily happened, or to uh, ignore it and just lapse into that crisis and kind of back into it. And we managed to avoid both of those, at least we've managed to avoid it so far. You know, so one of the things I'd love, and I think coming from you is, is uh, versus me, because I think you, you, you had to live it every day, and the role that we played was to help guide when it was necessary. But I remember at one point you were talking about uh, that this was, this, what we did here in, your, in, in all the years that you've been at Loyola, that, that how we did this was wholly different than anything we've ever done in the past. You know, there's always been tough decisions. Uh, there's leadership bodies that have to make them. But I remember you talking about that and, and, and really the how you do this. So I think for li listeners who are thinking, well, what are we actually talking about? What was it about this that was different, you think, for the community that, cause I, that, that you spoke to around you know, how this was completely different from how we've done this in the past? Because I remember the other day when Pete and I uh, were having an initial conversation with Randy Gensler, uh, one of the one of the points we talked about is that I think what Loyola did very well, and I'd love you to speak to this, uh, is how you guys used us as partners, and that it really was the case that you took ownership uh, for the process and the outcome, and the way you used us in our consulting capacity was to help enable where you wanted to go, but it was always the case. And there were times you had to pull me back because you know, I, you know, I wanted to get up there and lead some things and you guys were very clear, no, we're gonna lead this piece, but you knew how to use me. And I'm telling you, that is unique. It's very often the case that uh, institutions don't know how to use consultants well. And, and I think that's, you targeted that. So, so say a little bit about how, how we partnered, because I think that 
that's an important lesson for people who are looking to bring in consultants to help with projects. Well, and I would just add to that, Howard, that, that you know, and this is, I'm speaking as a, a member of a faculty body myself now, that, that there is a natural skepticism of, uh, of outside support that comes in to help an administrative project, at, at certainly at, at our university. And I, I'm curious, as you answer this, if you could talk a little bit about what may have helped you get over the, the hump, sort of your own, if, if you had any, uh, natural sort of skepticism of this project oh uh, yeah absolutely we have and I and this may just be a, a feature of all universities but um, faculty in particular have a deep suspicion of uh, the way we have used consultants in the past and brought in outsiders when it seemed like we had more and better expertise internally or that we had hired people and were paying them large amounts of money to be able to do this. And if they couldn't do it, why were they still in their jobs? And were we having, you know, we have a consultant, you know, all of the suspicions. It's, you know, I, I'm sure it's not unusual. And, and I, I have to say, Howard, and you know, this actually is that I shared that right at the outset. And first of all, I think watching you help us through phase one was really important in, in sort of changing my views, because I think, at points we were stuck, I really felt you came in and moved us in really helpful ways. And then when Terry and I, Terry and I sort of argued this out because I knew that as, as the voice of the faculty in this enterprise, I had to at least argue a sort of skeptical position for using consultants. You know, Terry and I went back and forth on this. And at the end of the day, I was convinced that we both needed help because we, neither Terry nor I had done anything like this ever before, and that working with you would provide us that help and also enable us to have a lot of opportunity to push back, to change direction, to do it our way. And, uh, you know, and, then, and then working with you, you know, we often had to negotiate that, on, you know, not on a daily basis, but periodically to say, well, you know, I don't, I don't think we ought to do it that way. And you pushed back and said, well, we should. And we, you know, we got to a point where we were really able to work well and collaboratively. In many ways, I think as consultants, we walk into these situations. And even if we have good people skills, I think we underestimate the skepticism that you spoke about so clearly. And I was skeptical. You know, I think I had, in some ways, to be honest, an inflated view about my ability to even engage faculty uh, and do it my way. And I think both of you opened my eyes to, uh, this is where we need you to step back, or here's no, don't do all this cutesy stuff. And I mean, there were times I wanted to talk about models and, and, and I have learned actually, you and I haven't talked uh, since then, but I have learned now when I'm in front of faculty, I really cut to the chase and I'm not trying to prove, you know, all these financial, interesting, here's change models. And I had this conversation recently with a, uh, with a provost, and he totally appreciated the fact that I understood I needed to work with faculty different from the way that I'm working with administrators. And that's a gift. So, you know, so thank you so much for, for helping me see that. No, I think, you know, I think the, the model that we developed was really the model of a really good conversation. Where right. Strong views are laid out, alternatives are proposed, um, arguments are had, but it always was productive. Um, it was never 
just argument for argument's sake, which of course faculty sometimes love. Um, <laughs> it was always a productive argument. You know, you know the other thing that um, I, I think is always worth mentioning, because uh, I think it is, a, if you think about the different things, the critical success factors, one of them obviously is the president uh, stepping in with a vision, recognizing that he doesn't know how we're going to do it, and in many ways turning it over and trusting you guys to lead, and then still playing a very important role of helping with the nomination of who's going to be the team leads, you know, who's going to be on these project teams. I remember a meeting when we really were deconstructing that and we were also talking about what they're going to focus on. And because you guys were so mindful around that, I think that's another thing that's so important is that the president step back, you know, after stepping in, let you guys do it and didn't micromanage it in any way, but then also you put the right people on these teams. Uh, and you had to manage it because, you know, it didn't always go smoothly. But that's the other piece of this that I think it was is really important is that let's not forget the different leadership elements that played here. I, I think I think this gave the opportunity to many people to demonstrate a, a different level of leadership, you know, from their seat. Oh, absolutely. Boy, you, you know, you've just raised a whole bunch of things that, that really need, you know, are worthy of a lot of comment. I, and I guess the first thing is to say how in retrospect, and, and probably even from the outset, how well Father Lenane, the president of Loyola, handled this, in that he, he let us really do our work. He, you know, he genuinely said, go and do this, and he did not interfere um, in any sort of way. And yet, it was also his process. At the end of the day, he was the one who you know, owned the recommendations, modified them, directed us to move in particular ways, and it it really worked well in that he started the process, he let us do it, but he ultimately took full responsibility for you know, making the right recommendations and then um, sending them out to the people who were going to uh, actually work them out. Um, that was great. I, 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 had, I think a lot of the faculty felt at the outset that he was going to be um, manipulating things from behind the scenes. That, that never happened, and I think not only did it never happen, faculty were confident it was never happening. And that made all of the difference. That, that gets to, a, uh, I, I think, a, a really important question as we sort of drill down to the to uh, the end of our conversation here is, how do you find, well, I guess this, this may be a two-part question. First of all, you know, in your role and in sort of the faculty's appreciation of your role in approaching some of these difficult, difficult conversations, the difficult sort of vectors of challenge, uh, you know, if you could reflect a little bit on how you approach these things with that sort of optimism uh, that Howard has talked about in the past. Uh, I'm very interested in in sort of the impact that this had on you and how you and the impact you had on some of these challenging uh, uh, challenging approaches. And the other uh, the other vector here is you know how do you find the the nature of Loyola University Maryland has changed as a result of this project. Uh, you know it, it, you certainly have already spoken to uh, to this issue of faculty perception of leadership and participation. Do you do you find that that is something that is changing over time and and uh, to to what effect? This was the beginning of something, not the culmination of something. And that's, I think that's very important. Not only faculty, but the staff and the administrators are now much more attentive to 
the questions that drove our process from the beginning, which were, you know, can we become more efficient? Can we cut costs? Are there ways of generating new revenue? And can we do things that will make us more competitive? And I think that there's a sense now that everybody at the institution has to be attentive to this in the ways that are appropriate to their role in the institution, but that they they can't just assume that this is somebody else's job now, that it's, uh, you know, in a sense, we the way we did this and the inclusivity and the transparency of it has now implicated all of us and that it's everybody's responsibility now. Um, and if we, if we do that, if we have done that in a way that makes it not just a, a habitual thing for a small number of us, but makes it a habitual thing for the entire university, that will be the single most important thing we'll have accomplished is that everybody will sense that I have, a, I have a stake in it and I have to be attentive to it. And if we can get those two things um, firmly implanted in the life of the university at a, at a broad level, then um, not only will the process have been successful, but we will really have um, secured Loyola's future um, for a long time to come. And, you know, I think we've made some really profound steps in that direction, but it will still be a couple of years, maybe five years before we really see how effective that has been. That's a, a beautiful way to put it. Uh, establishing ownership. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, ownership and the sense that um, I'm accountable to it. Right. Yeah. No, those, if we've done those two things at the end of the day, the actual nuts and bolts about cutting costs and raising new revenues and becoming more competitive will, will in a sense kind of work themselves out. We made some good steps in that direction. We saved some real money. I think we've done some things that will generate new money. Um, we're going to be more um, attentive to um, a whole range of things about the quality of the education we provide. Um, all of those things, will we've already moved. But if we don't inculcate that habit of ownership and accountability, um, all of those things become a lot more precarious moving forward for us. That is a, that is a, a, a well, it's a, it seems like a beautiful message of custodianship of this sort of legacy of a, of a new chapter. That's a great uh, word, custodianship, yeah. Uh, Howard, what are you, uh, let's uh, share some final comments as we get toward wrapping up here. You know, it's funny, you often ask me at the end, do you have anything to add? And I often don't, but I, but I, I do have one final thing to say here is that as I listen to Steve tell the story, I think that what we're describing here is a mechanism or an approach in the way that Steve and Terry and Randy and the president and the cabinet and the steering committees went about looking at this co big conversation we're all having these days around the academic and the administrative business model and what does that look like. And I think that there's rightfully more questions out there than answers. And I think what Loyola did brilliantly is they said, we're going to enter this conversation. Uh, we are not going to say this is about the money, although you should all know that this needs to have and should have a financial impact and some things in the short term and the long, long term. 
But ultimately, we are starting a process, and I love that you shared that, Steve, that this is really about the beginning of something and, and, and traveling the path together to look at this question of anywhere from the spectrum of the business model is broken to we, are, we couldn't be doing any better. And your point, Steve, that, you know what? We're actually in good shape, but we want to stay ahead of the curve. We are vulnerable. You know, what, what you described there, Steve, and you did it as, as well as anybody I've ever heard, is balancing uh, thoughtfully, sharing the brutal facts, and having a vision. And very often I find that we do one or the other. You know, we've got a vision without the transparency, or we got transparency on a tough a tough message, which only depresses people. And then on top of this, Loyola went ahead and said, we're going to involve 120-something people in the process. And on the other side of it, ended up in a better place or in a place where I think many people were surprised that there wasn't even negative fallout. And that's a lot of our fear is that when you make tough decisions, there's going to be negative fallout. And I know from talking to you and Terry at the end of this is that you were so appreciative that on the other side of this and tough decisions, there was very little negativity and it's because you guys built trust. And I think this is where higher ed needs to find a way to do more of. Uh, so, so I'm just deeply appreciative of being able to be on this with you because I have a renewed sense of optimism that you can do this and even talk about the hard things. So, so that's a little long winded, but, but I'm, I'm very inspired by the way you lead Steve and, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm also very optimistic about Loyola, given how you guys approach this. We had two very good consultants, I have to admit it. As, as much as I, I you know, hesitated <laughs> at the outset, that's a hard-won statement, Howard. You ought to appreciate it. Usually, I think we find ourselves at arm's distance to academics, and and I, I feel like I've learned so much from you also. So it, it, it believe me, it goes both ways. Good. This has uh, been another part of a terrific conversation. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time out of your, your uh, hard-won sabbatical uh, <laughs> to share some of these, uh, to share your insights and, and story of, of the uh, new way forward. I got to ask. So, 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 Steve, you know, what's the best thing about being on sabbatical? Seattle is a great place for sabbatical. I, I, I got to say that. Um, the weather is just glorious. At least it has been so far. And um, we've had a really great situation here. So, uh, so that's going to be good. You know, the, the hard part will be reentry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm don't, even, don't even go there now. Yeah. No, you got months. Way too early. Yeah. That isn't it. Way too early. Go back to your coffee. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Howard, I don't know what you're getting at with that question, but let me reassure you, you get no sabbatical. So, uh, <laughs> Thank hey, you. hey uh, this this has been a great uh, conversation. Uh, it, folks, if you're interested in hearing more, hearing our other episodes on the uh, the this incredible project from Loyola University, Maryland, you should head over to tybalink.com. And uh, you can learn more about the show. You can subscribe for free in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher of choice or listen right there on the web. We encourage you to jump in the conversation there. Uh, on behalf of uh, the fantastic Professor Steve Fowle and Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel, Inc.